lots of blood and eye gouging, that's for sure. He totally mountained that guy. <laughs> he did. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is a Superhero Slate review for Marvel's The Punisher. Marvel's The Punisher. And as I was telling Chris earlier off the mic, I felt like this had kind of a quiet rollout besides, you know, kind of the the late release due to a tragedy in the United States. But I was going out online trying to find like promotional materials for Punisher earlier and it is scarce. So when I started watching this, I almost felt like nobody was, but I mean, it, it seems like it's getting good a good uh, reception out there, Chris. Yeah, so what I saw was um, some DC fans uh, last Friday on the 17th, because Justice League and Punisher dropped the same day, mm-hmm. uh, were like, you know, y- y- you wonder how good the Punisher is because nobody's talking about it. And this was at 8 in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> nobody's watched all 13 episodes by 8 in the morning, uh-huh. unless you watch them at 2x and then you just miss the whole thing. Uh, so a lot of, I mean, this is, uh, again, another Netflix show. There are 13 episodes. I highly doubt anyone binge watched it the first weekend. Um, I know I didn't watch them all the first weekend. So I, I, I'm very excited to talk about it with you because, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm excited to hear what, I mean, I haven't really talked to anyone else in full about the show except Brian of comic UI. He, he watched it all. I think the first weekend, actually. So yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk some spoiler-free thoughts and impressions, and then we'll roll yeah. into the spoilers because we got 13 episodes to talk about here. So I-, I was pleasantly surprised by the Punisher. Like you said, it kind of came out on a very busy weekend, followed up by another busy weekend for the mm-hmm. holidays. So I felt like I really had to find time to work in The Punisher. Usually I'm right on these shows right away, but I had to get Justice League out of the way. You know, I, you know I'm still in the process of moving in my apartment. So there's lots of other people out there in the world that got other stuff going on. So, you know, when like a Defenders comes out, that something that culminates, you know, people make room. But with The Punisher, I felt like I had, I had to wait. So I don't I don't think I got to it until like a late Saturday night when it came out. So it was already in the world for a couple of days and man it just really sucks you in. Yeah. Um it's uh no spoilers of course right now, but it's it starts off pretty slow. This this is like more dramatic. We talked about it when we saw some of the trailers for this show. It's got a totally different tone. It's more serious. Uh, but it, it just really draws you in. Like uh, it feels like it, it kicks off with some action, and then I feel like you almost go like episodes at a time. I feel like with any any sort of big action set piece, and you don't even mind. All these characters are really really engaging, really clever things that they do with their stories. Um, I'm coming from a point of view where I don't know much about the Punisher's backstory. You know, just every once in a while he might pop up in a comic or like maybe a cartoon show that I'm watching if they can find a way to to uh, to kidify mm-hmm. the Punisher that is. But so I didn't know much about him, but I do know uh I I believe in his origins, his his 
past is kind of more swirling around the mafia, I believe, or organized crime. And in this show, it's obvious from the trailers and Daredevil season two that it focuses more around his military history, which translated very, very well for me. I had no mm-hmm. problems there. And I had heard interviews with John Bernthal uh, out in the world before the show came out that he said he was trying to be as respectful as possible when it came to uh, kind of like the military story and coming home. So this all felt like it worked out very, very well for me. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to another season of this. I'm curious where they go for season two. But mm-hmm. yeah, this this really sucked me in. And you would think talk all these things I'm talking about, like military, macho, lots of bloods and gun, guns and drama. Like I kind of thought like, oh, maybe my wife is not going to be as into it as I am. It feels very macho. But she was totally on board. She wanted to go to the next season just as fast as I wanted. I mean, the next episode just mm-hmm. as fast as I did. So, I mean, it's working out really well in our household. We, we Frank Castle, you the man. Um, this is probably going to be a very controversial statement here, Mike. Ooh. But I believe The Punisher is my favorite Netflix show. Oh, nice. right now, okay. Because I, to me, I, I know a little bit about The Punisher, and he's changed because he was originally a Vietnam a Vietnam veteran in the comic mm-hmm. books, and then they've kind of adapted him to be an Afghanistan um, veteran, and then we've had three separate movie versions of him: mm-hmm. uh, the Dolph Lundgren in the '90s, the Thomas Jane, which is very popular from like I think 2004, and then the 2008 Punisher War Zone, which is very closely similar to this this show um mm-hmm. because micro is in that one and then um jigsaw is also in that one um so what i really like about this show there's not as much guns and violence as people would assume in a punisher mm-hmm. show and it's a lot of what i would consider political intrigue yeah I, and it and the characters i don't know who deserves an award for their acting because everyone acted this show so well they acted um, the shit out of it, Chris. They did. And I think <laughs> it, we, we talked a little bit uh, last week about like the C plot characters even could act like could hold their own show the way mm-hmm. they were they acted and how everything kind of tied in together. I just I love this show and how much it made me care about the characters. And I think it did one thing that no other Marvel show was done. There was not a single filler episode I felt throughout the whole thing. Yeah, when we were talking about some of our initial thoughts on our news segment last week, we were kind of both, I think, around episode six or seven in our watch, mm-hmm. and we were kind of curious, oh, are we going to come into the filler episodes? But I just felt like the story was very even throughout. Yeah. You know, um, I think you have to know going into this that you're not you're almost not necessarily getting a superhero TV show. Like I would think if Frank Castle had a superpower, it would be like, he can take a hit and he can take a bullet like no other. Like this dude is like always covered in blood, like every episode I feel like, but yeah, like you said, it's very political intrigue drama. You kind of got some of that cop procedural a little bit going on through the background, but it just all coalesced and worked really, really well. And yeah, I think you're, I think you're right when it comes to, I think just overall sophistication of the story, I think this would be the best out of the Netflix shows, but I think I still hold a special place in my heart for that first season of daredevil, just cause it worked so well for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I think is still one of the best Marvel villains out there right now. Um, but yeah, this is, this is easily tie in for first or like close second. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I, I do think about the, you know, the punish or the, the Kingpin being very well done and, you know, being the first, it's hard to top that. I mean, they, they kind of changed the world of superhero TV shows at that point. Um, but I will say that, uh, the vil- the main villain here, I can't say anything cause there's a lot of twists and turns in this show. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't give it all to you out front, of course. 
Um, but I think the main villain in this is up there just as well. Um, uh, and and we'll, you know, we'll talk about that in spoilers. But I, I think the villain in this one was very good because he's not a very, like, the villain in this one isn't like, haha, I need to take over the world. Or mm-hmm. I want to take over New York. No, he's a sympathetic villain. And, you know, even compared to Jessica Jones's Purple Man, I, I he could hold his own, I feel. Yeah. So I, well, I'm, I'm very impressed with all the characters and how they made you feel them and how they presented everybody throughout the whole show. And and that's not something we've seen done you know, this year in a very uh, at all this year. Like compared to what we got Iron Fist and Defenders, this is so high above those shows, it, it, hands down. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've seen some people out there like tweeting the the kind of the proper order to watch all these Netflix shows in. And the first thing I think of just like who hasn't seen any of these yet? Like that's a lot of watching. You got a lot of hours in front of you if you want to put all of these in order. And then of course it's just like well, save yourself thirteen hours and take Iron Fist out of there. Still, maybe just watch The Punisher twice because because it's that good if you want to fill in that slot. But mm-hmm. I guess before we move on to spoilers here, we were talking about the reviews a little bit. Um, um, before we got on the mic, and uh, Punisher is sitting pretty pit, pretty, uh, pretty pretty. I don't know what word I'm going for um, on IMDb right now at like a nine point one, which is really surprising. Uh, mm-hmm. All the I think the the second closest Netflix shows maybe at eight point four. Uh, obviously, I t- take all reviews out there with a grain of salt, but I was wasn't expecting to see it uh, so high up there. So at least critics and people on IMDb are responding well, but you told me on Rotten Tomato it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, Rotten Tomato right now I'm looking at is 61% um, out of 54 reviews. So there's not a lot of re- – it's not like a movie that has like hundreds of reviews. Mm-hmm. So it's sitting at, you know, 54 uh, reviews at 61%. I feel like it's really low. Like that's – like I, I mean I've, I've seen – way worse shows way worse <laughs> things like i mean i don't i think yeah what was the um we just talked about iron fist is like 17 percent. i don't know where uh-huh. defender sits off off the top of my hand but like i just i don't know where they get it but i definitely think and the audience score i agree with 94 percent um a 4.6 out of 5 i and, and love it and i'm i'm down with that like yeah, that's well, where i sit in this it does make you wonder when it comes to a netflix show i i bet there's a strong chance that critics maybe have only seen the first three episodes because i think usually when people are sent like screeners or someone's reviewing a show they only watch the first couple episodes to get a feel for it whereas the audience is the people that are binging it and actually watching it to completion so maybe that's why the critics score seems a little low over there but we're loving it over here these two critics we're loving the punisher so oh, that, that that we are and <laughs> and it was no punishment to watch it if you will you get what i did there oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah okay i was waiting for you so um i was gonna uh, i figured what i was gonna say i there was something else about how just how well done this show oh because it's standalone the show's very standalone um mm-hmm. you just have need needed to watch daredevil season two but that other than that um, there's no mystical ninjas, no talk about the takeover of New York, no talk about the Avengers, very standalone. And I, I definitely appreciate that. So if you're fearing like, Hey, what should I watch before this? Just daredevil season two is a good primer to get into yeah. this. And I don't even think you have to watch the full season. I think the Punisher episodes are like the first half. <laughs> well, he, he, now he shows up at the end there. He, he gets a mini gun he never used. <laughs> so, well, well, speaking of that mini gun, let's jump into the spoilers and yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> let's get into this so all right if you've, you've not seen it don't go any further go watch it come back if so we're gonna break it down so mike yeah. 
Tell me about these mini guns. <laughs> well, Chris, if I had to, if I had to have one complaint about this season, why didn't we see that goddamn minigun again? I was waiting the whole season for it. I was like, where, where are they saving it? Are they gonna bring it up in the last episode? What's going on here? They gotta, they gotta get like a, a mountain of people in front of them so he can mow them down with a minigun, and we never ever see it again we do see some cool guns he's got a, a, an interesting arsenal throughout the show starting with a sledgehammer mm-hmm. uh, going from shotguns to shanks to knives to his mouth yeah. literally like gouging people's necks with his mouth which was really brutal and, and, and it kind of <laughs> yes and his thumbs but we never saw the minigun what's going on there is that supposed to be only connected are we waiting for like defender season two until punisher joins with the minigun chris i gotta see the minigun no i agree so i mean if anything i don't blame this show for a lack of minigun i blame daredevil season two for teasing us with the fucking minigun. Uh-huh. Um, and what this show should have opened was with that barrel on that thing spinning while he takes out all the um, other people he was chasing down. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, which I do appreciate how the show started. It showed him finishing his business from Daredevil Season 2, killing off mm-hmm. all the remaining people, and then just going to disappear and take his frustration out on a wall. A yeah. brand new looking wall, by the way, <laughs> uh, yeah. for, for a very long time. Yeah, I really appreciated kind of the restraint that they have Frank Castle show, or I guess Pete. I don't know what his last name was. Castiglione, but. <laughs> which is actually a throwback to his pre-Americanized family's name. Oh, that makes sense. So I, I like the, I, I like seeing him trying trying his best to be a normal person. Like he kind of went through this arc and like beat all of his enemies, and now he's just trying to see if he can uh, get his mind right, and he just can't do it. And then it, he's all these external things just start mounting on him, and then he just like snaps, and then bam, he like falls back into the Punisher persona. And uh, yeah, very I really appreciate that. Easily. Yeah, like the whole, the whole. Actually, if you look at the whole first episode as a whole, it's really not related to the rest of the series almost at all. Like you could almost skip the first episode and it wouldn't affect the story of how it plays out. But it is nice that you have that episode to kind of get into the feel of the show and into what Frank is going through in his mind. Well, it's one of those things where he throws away the skull jacket and burns it at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then the whole show up until I think it was episode maybe eleven. Like, he doesn't want to be the Punisher. He just wants to finish, like, killing all those people. Uh-huh. But then he realizes, hey, I need to be a symbol these guys are afraid of again. So then he spray paints his thing back on right before he whoops a lot of anvil ass all over <laughs> all over the micro hideout. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um yeah, I'm just trying to organize my thoughts here because we have, like, 13 episodes. <laughs> it's, um, very, it's very hard, and, and I don't know how you watch it. I did a... Seven episode binge, one through seven, then eight through thirteen uh, binge yesterday. We uh we had one of the problems that I have with a lot of Netflix shows is usually it's like late into the night and there's two episodes left and we couldn't possibly stay awake to watch the last two episodes. So that means you got to watch the last two episodes together. So you got to find like a chunk of like two hours in your day where you can sit down and watch it all at once and you know nothing's going to bother you. So we had those last two episodes um, just kind of sitting in the queue for a long time. Uh, but I think one of my favorite characters in the show 
would probably be Micro. I really loved what mm-hmm. they did with his character, not just because he's a nerd and I'm a nerd, but I oh, do you're like a nerd. <laughs> I do like the angle of how he is protecting his family by pretending to be dead, but he's just trying to find a way back in there. I I, I feel like I haven't seen that before in a in a show or at least a motivation of a character. So I do like how he kind of has this information and it makes a lot of sense, you know, he's um what was it? Uh, not CI. He was a CIA analyst, was that, or yeah, an NSA? Like, I think he was an NSA analyst. Yeah, which is actually in the, in the climate that we're living in the world right now. Since Snowden happened a couple years ago, very believable. And they didn't like they didn't uh, elevate him to like the level of a Snowden either, which was nice because like Snowden is just kind of this iconic character out there in the world. He's just kind of this low level guy that just kind of got screwed over because he came across the video and he's just doing what he, c- he can with the information. So I really liked how he was smart and on top of it trying. To reach out to Frank and I do like how Frank didn't just instantly trust him like Frank like almost just killed him a couple of times try to track him down turn him down so I just liked how there was a fight there for them to become like best buddies by the end of the show they're like best friends and I loved well, it and it felt very genuine but on the same note Micro was at a few points in time a couple of steps ahead of Frank mm-hmm. um, when he, he, he faked him out at the diner um, by setting up the, the, the floating glass thing while he yeah. was actually on top of the building mm-hmm. um he he surprised Frank by doing the repetition with the code thing, mm-hmm. and then ended up like um, drugging Frank. And he's like, "If I wanted to kill you, I'd kill you. So let's work together." Uh, he did say one thing that was really awesome. Then he's like, "You know, you're the weapon, and I'm the information, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. we have two sides of the coin that can take all these people down." And and they they worked it off really well. Uh, which I really wasn't surprised that he faked his own death in the like the next to last episode though so i actually i actually was a little surprised because um my wife was saying just before it happened and she's just like oh it seems like micro's probably gonna die and i was just like oh i hope he doesn't but i don't know maybe he does and then they showed him get shot in the back and then when i see him get shot in the back i'm just like oh i felt like if they wanted us to think it was real or it wasn't real, they would have like shot him in the shoulder because people are getting shot in the shoulders and the, le- and the legs and stabbed in the side and come back in one piece. And some of them actually do get shot in the head in this ep- in this show and come back alive. So it's almost kind of like you really got to make sure when someone gets shot if they're dead or not. So, But then once it was all set up and I was like, oh, I was glad to see him alive. I love that bromance. Yeah, he, he, was, he was really cool. I mean, he, he did care about Frank and his family and he was a very sympathetic character. Like he was just doing the right thing. It's not like he was out there hacking databases in his free time to for fun you know Uh he's not he's not the anonymous of of this movie (laughs) um but he was just doing the right thing and and, you know he had to pay for it a lot like frank did and a lot of this show while it's not gunfights and and um you know a lot of action throughout you you get to learn about these characters and frank's pass at kandahar is essentially the whole plot of the story Uh Uh, like what happened at kandahar and like this team Frank was a part of and why that, you know, how does that all play out in the end? And, and Frank eventually got uh, revenge on and everybody, it looks like, except Billy Russo, who will probably be back as a villain. Uh, jigsaw with the full <laughs> full messed up face come another yeah so so funny funny thing about that is I wasn't familiar with the character of Jigsaw I'm not super familiar with uh, Punisher in general 
So when I see him fighting Billy at the end of the last episode, and I see him doing very specific things like messing up his face or like shooting him through the cheek, and I was like, these are very specific types of battle damage. I feel like Billy's not going to die, and he's like disfiguring uh, basically a person and making like an origin story of a, of a supervillain. And then when the show was over, I, I looked up Billy Russo in the Marvel mm-hmm. comic books, and I was just like, oh yeah, this character has a fucked up face. Okay, this makes sense. So it's almost kind of like when um, what is it when Misty Knight gets her arm arm cut off, yeah. arm cut off, and the defenders is just kind of like, oh, okay, you're you're saying they're kind of uh, pushing the characters toward their comic book origins. So, I mean, Billy Russo looked super freaking creepy just when his when his face was wrapped up in those bandages. Well, so I'm really curious maybe what makeup they'll do for him when he comes back eventually. The actor for that, um, Billy, Bar- I think Bill Billy Barnes is his name or something Barnes. Um, he was in Westworld, um, season one. Ben Barnes. Ben, ben Barnes. Barnes. There it is. Uh, season one. Um, and you know he he's kind of an asshole in that too. So he comes out. He plays that asshole, that pretty boy asshole, really well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the twist in this show is like, oh, he's actually still working for the the Agent Orange guy, the mm-hmm. the one eye guy, and he's going to kill Frank. But like you know, at, at no point in time did I not feel sorry for him. Like you know, he was uh, abandoned by his mother, who he apparently still drugs up occasionally in the in the hospital because she's yeah. on drugs yeah or he's kind of torturing her i wasn't really a hundred percent sure what was going on there because i was like well it kind of looks like a hospital room but he's got a lot of money so maybe he just has renting a place that looks like it but i'm not 100 percent sure it, what was going on there but he it, he came off as very evil in that scene yeah well he's kind of like the flip of the um kingpin the kingpin mm-hmm. cherishes his mother wants not like nothing bad to happen and he's like i i will take care of you but i hate you more than anyone else in the world mm-hmm. and that kind of made him become this person who's like i have to prove myself and I, I just really i really respected the character throughout it even though you know he was evil and a dick but like he, he wasn't trying to take over new york he wasn't trying to get an eternal life like some of mm-hmm. these other very cartoony characters were in these netflix shows so I, I definitely respected that, and then um, I just I don't know like the jigsaw thing was kind of fucked up. <laughs> like the- yeah, and it was um it was really smart to kind of make him the proprietor of like a, a military organization anvil. I'm not really sure how that stuff works in real life. I don't know if you can just kind of contract out military people from U.S. soil privately. I, I mean, I could see like maybe like a security company doing that, but um, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that works. But it did make sense to give Frank easy cannon fodder because like Frank is kind of like a good guy mixed in with a bad guy, so he can't just be going around killing cops and homeland security agents he needs like evil people to kill so okay it's going to be these private military contractors for anvil we're not going to feel too bad for them when like frank like literally points a shotgun at their face and blows their head off so so that worked out there and um i do kind of like the balance that frank takes where he he only kills people that deserve it you know he does have that line that he doesn't cross and that actually shows up really blatantly in in an episode where he's trying to storm that kind of military complex complex 
and he's going down that tunnel trying to escape and then just one kid is just trying to do his job and he's just like I don't want to kill this guy because I used to be that kid I used to be in the service he really respects mm. people that serve so he's just like well I got to do something so he, he shoots him in the arm so I was just like uh, he does he didn't even want to shoot him in the arm even though we've seen this dude like literally like gut people so I was just like good on you Frank sticking to your morals yeah and what I want to mention about I remember what it was about Barnes um or I guess Billy Russo is that even though his face is not, they can get anybody in that role next season. Yeah, if I they guess wanted that's true. to because you know Ben Barnes is great, but he does you know kind of rely on his good looks quite a bit <laughs> uh, to get so. So if they wanted, to, if they needed to recast him, find someone a little more makeup or prosthetic ready, they could if they needed mm. to. I feel like they'll probably stick with him because they clearly show. Um, him scraping his mm. face across the broken mirror on one side. So I feel like maybe it'll be a little bit of like a, a two-faced type situation. But man, that scene was so brutal. Like they, like you don't even have to see a mirror that's totally like shredded and broken. Like the mirror almost just kind of had a lot of cracks in it. But you just know that a mirror with cracks in it is rough. And you just imagine like scraping flesh across I, it. And you're just like, oh my I God. I can't even stand my thumb <laughs> going across a cracked phone screen. Yeah, so that's, like, yeah, a phone screen is a good way to think about it. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. So yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. But I mean, um, I don't know. Um, I, I say this show had maybe one bad CGI thing too, and I think it was whenever Frank was ziplining across the city. But other than that, I really liked the, <laughs> oh, I don't, the, the yeah. effects and the um, choreography throughout. The yeah, I don't show. really, I don't really know if I noticed that, but there was one thing that kind of bugged me towards the beginning. They didn't rely on it much afterwards, but it's really at the forefront of my head because The Walking Dead has been doing it this season, and it's been egregiously bad in that episode where there's things that are bulletproof. That should not be bulletproof. So in The Walking Dead, if you've been watching it, they've had like this corrugated sheet metal that they've like attached to the side of cars that like deflect any and all machine gun bullets. And some cars deflect bullets in that show and some absorb them just because in that scene they set it up that way. So in, at the very beginning when the Punisher is chasing down those people on the motorcycle, uh, he's like uh, they're shooting his van and the bullets are just like deflecting off. And it's just like, OK, this man's this van's not made out of steel. You know, it's probably made out of aluminum, just like all cars are. So there are some scenes where it's just like, I don't think a bullet would uh, would be deflected that way. But luckily, I think they kind of figure out the logistics of bullets because it makes a lot more sense in this show to really concentrate on that because that's kind of that's the main weapon that's going through this. Um, you got to really understand how that's going to work. So like when you think Frank gets shot in the head, he's not actually shot in the head. It just grazed him. So you got to make sure you, you're showing that right. So um, there's some squibs that look kind of not real, some that do. I, see, I, but think, I, they were, I think there were well, some blood that I looked guess weird. digital squibs, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You, you, I watched it at 4K because I have the 4K Netflix plan. Oh, that must be nice sitting over there in your ivory tower. Well, <laughs> those, those blood effects did happen you could tell they were brighter red than they should have been uh-huh so um but i mean it didn't bother me because there wasn't that many of those throughout like and then when they needed to get up close like b- like slicing necks and like squishing eyes out like 
Oh God, it made me squirm. So yeah, bad. that worked really know. well. Like I'm curious at the scene where he's got his thumbs on his eye sockets and are pushing in. Like they're just before they cut to a different angle. I was trying to figure out if that was a press prosthetic head or if they just found a way to shoot it to where the actor could just act like his eyes were getting squished out because it looked like the whole head was starting to move a little bit. And I was like, oh God, this is uncomfortable, but it looks really cool. <laughs> there was a really yeah. un- there was an unsettling scene where they were trying to dig that arrow out of Frank shoulder oh, and, yeah. and, and they were just like oh we can't pull it out it's going to cause more damage then they roll him over and they're like cutting into his shoulder i was like oh my god frank is a literal tank he can like take anything and like it was almost okay like i felt like in any other sort of like drama cop or tv show i'd be like there's no way he'd be doing pull-ups two days after getting an arrow removed from his shoulder but it's just like i believe frank would do that you know i can i can let that slide pretty easily in the context of this show um but I, I guess a little bit more sophisticated storytelling in a way from like the blood and guts was uh, this that C storyline that was going on till I think it was maybe like episode nine or something. I think yeah, uh, like ten or something. Yeah, Lewis, the, Lewis Wilson. Yeah, or Lewis Wolcott or something like that. Um, that was a really interesting way to kind of show the parallels of what it's like to come back from war without actually weaving it into the story it was almost like whenever we lost the punisher story went on to him like even though at the time he wasn't connecting into any of the bad guy stuff or the good guy stuff i was just like this is just really interesting i'm not i don't even mind that we're not even seeing the awesome badass gunfights right now but then when it starts to escalate and it starts to weave in with the main storyline is i don't know if it was if it was the most elegant weaving together to bring frank to his doorstep but it was still enjoyable yeah well i mean it, i i don't mind it that episode where he the they take in on like the um, was it a hotel i believe and uh-huh. like there was like three different versions of what happened in that room uh-huh. and i didn't care for that as much as i thought i would because it didn't have any meaning because once the senator told his fake version like they didn't even go back to that uh-huh um but i mean i didn't mind it nearly as much because frank because i i frank's friend and the the one-legged buddy who's also friends with russo you know was the tying net factor for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked his character, like the one armed or the one legged um, soldier who works with other people to rehabilitate him. And then that kid had that thousand yard stare down. He was, he felt too real. Like, yeah, he felt super real. And I, I, I appreciate that a whole lot in a world where like this, a lot of this stuff could go over the top very easily. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they show a lot of restraint on doing that and doing it well and effectively and respectfully. Yeah, unfortunately, even though the beginning of that story and and the bits were really good, when it comes to kind of the weaker point of the shows, there are a few things that I would point out that kind of all revolve around that a little bit was... Uh, one thing was I, I wasn't 100% sure what was motivating Frank to go after Lewis. I don't know if I missed a part of the episode or I just don't remember. But, like, Frank was very vigilant on completing his mission. And then all of a sudden... Um, Car- uh, it was um, Karen. Uh, was it Karen? Yeah, yeah. He, he threatened Karen in the letter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then he wanted to uh, protect her. And then, uh, then he recognized the voice and was like, oh, no, I know who this is. I need to yeah. go find my buddy. Yeah, maybe it could have felt a little stronger if somehow Frank had at least some sort of like conversation with Lewis, maybe towards the beginning of the season or something, maybe just a little bit more of a personal connection, um, because he only knew him tangentially through like spying on those meetings. Like, I don't think they've ever met 
face to face, which I guess makes sense because he's supposed to be like the Punisher and hiding. I don't know. Maybe there's no easy way to solve it. But one thing that did that did bug me. So Frank was on the run and he got caught by that dash camera by the police car, which made sense. Nothing wrong with that. But I thought his involvement would have been cleaned up very, very quickly when the police raided the house found his friend tied up on the chair and then his friend would just would have told the police right then and there frank isn't the terrorist he just saved me your terrorist is lewis you know let's fix this real quick you know frank doesn't need to be a most wanted guy right now so they never addressed that at all and i was kind of waiting for it so i totally understand why they would still want to bring frank in as a person to question you know wondering like what happened there but like that guy clearly would have cleared that stuff up for the cops like very quickly so i don't understand why that didn't happen (laughs) well because he essentially beat up two police officers on camera and then like well i think the the um that officer who was doing the uh the cleanup in the hotel who's been in like every netflix show so far oh yeah 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 i forget his Mm -hmm. name um but he was all like yeah but isn't frank really the villain here like everyone wants frank to be the villain like they Mm -hmm. want him to be the villain um, simply because of you know, who he is. So, I mean, you know, minor things. So, I mean, there are little things that, that are, are bothersome here, but of all the Netflix shows, I could not watch the next one. Like, when I was going, like, I, I couldn't turn the show off because it was just so good. Yeah, um, they, they found a really good way to uh, weave each episode together. I was, and, uh, I was on the pitter-patter of my edge of my seat. And no, and I think the, the C-plot helped alleviate the no... Um, no filler episodes mm-hmm. because they still made that an action episode, even though it was wasn't related to his like Kandahar, you know, story at all. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and I don't it, know. It was good. Yeah, I I, I dug Agent. Uh, was it Madonna? He Ma- was that Madonna? Just yeah, Madonna. She, yeah, Madonna. She was cool to see trying to work the case from a different angle. So it was nice to see this uh, the different pressure from the different mm-hmm. size working the story. Um, I guess I, like, I was I like the I, way she set up the, um, the Russo's team by giving the false information online when she found out she was bugged. Yeah, was that was like, a, oh, that's smart. That's actually really smart for once. <laughs> yeah, that was a clever move, but it, it did lead to a scene that made me wonder how bulletproof those wooden crates were that they were hiding behind. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, here's another, here's another example of where I'm not too sure if that thing is bulletproof or not. But yeah, it was cool and it was clever and she was kind of uh, working outside of the law to work this story. You know, she kept pushing it and pushing it and she didn't care what people were going to say. So I like the tenacity there. Uh, it made a lot of sense. Uh, and, it, wasn't, and her, it wasn't too sad to see her uh, her friend die. He was kind of a weird character, you know. He, he was um, he was just kind of, uh, I don't want to say smarmy, but he was kind of like supposed to be a little bit of like comic relief, but cautious, I guess. Um, and then he, like, he didn't know where, I guess his role, we didn't know where his role was going to be. Is uh, he the best friend of the person or is he like, Hey, I'm just here to, you know, do my thing. And yeah, I guess we should have saw it coming when he said that he was canceling dates. It's like, Oh, well he doesn't have a wife and kids. He's probably going <laughs> to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. And he, he, he got killed and his death was the one that spawned the, 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 I guess one of the other second reveals that she found out that Russo was, the uh, the bad guy they were after. Yeah, and that was actually a pretty cool, um, subtle reveal when they're just kind of in that hallway 
where uh, Billy Russo's motivations of killing Frank just supersedes his um, desire to kind of keep his identity secret, you know. So he's just trying to tell her, no, I'm just trying to shoot him because he's a security threat. And then it's just like, oh, no, I think I see what's going on here. So she was very competent. So all of these characters uh, played together uh, pretty well. Um, Did you you think Frank and Karen were going to get together? I'm glad they didn't just because it did feel a little forced. They, they, they kept pushing that on the trailers, I felt like, and I was like, I don't want to see that. So I'm glad yeah. it didn't happen, really. Yeah. Actually, the best part about Frank was since he was so tortured and he had only ever loved somebody, like, that's the only person he ever loved was his wife, it was nice to see everything he did was kind of motivated by the flashbacks that he saw with her and his family. So it's just like, Frank, Frank is not ready to move on to another woman yet because he's not even ready to move on past the death of his family like he Mm -hmm. can't even begin to think about being with another woman so i'm glad they didn't uh, push that too far and also i think they're probably saving that connection probably with a maybe daredevil season three yeah i also um had to point out that there's been at least 100 percent more side boob in this um than (laughs) any other netflix show as well Um, yeah we did we got some more butts in this so i guess then maybe that makes it a little bit more mature a little edgy that's that really gets to that net that was it tv 14 rating or whatever (laughs) um but yeah i again i I liked i liked when they went to kentucky and they they, um that one guy who did shoot him with the arrow was like (laughs) he i didn't didn't know if he was unhinged or not and Mm -hmm. their, their shootout with the drone stuff micro like helping from the van the battle van um, it's, it's hard to, to find it all in 13, 13 episodes, condense it down to this little conversation we're having here. Yeah. But, but I, th- I, I think it's easy to say this is definitely a recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, again, I might be controversial. Other people may disagree, but one of the best Netflix Marvel shows that we've yeah. gotten so far and hands down the best one this year. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you, why do you think that maybe we're not hearing about the show as much as we heard about, you know, Jessica Jones when it came out or Luke Cage or even Iron Fist. I mean, Iron Fist was really bad, but everybody heard about it when it came out, you know, um, I, I, to me, I think this might be a Disney Netflix, like ending their relationship in one year. And they were like, look, we need to work this out because we don't want to spend money on stuff you're going to take away in a year um, on Netflix side. But at uh-huh. the same time, like, you know, this is uh, this is this is huge. Like this, this should this could easily take down Justice League uh, this week because this is I'd recommend this to anyone over over Justice League. Oh, uh, yeah. So and, and it makes you wonder if uh, some of the the talk it was affected by it being pushed by a couple weeks from the Vegas mm-hmm. shooting uh, because they did have all that marketing uh, uh, leading up to one specific date. And then all of a sudden they have to push the date. So it's just like, well, do you just repeat all the marketing again? You know, do you make new, you know, it's going to cost money and inflate the budget to kind of put that a couple more weeks into there leading up to it. And then, so then it had to compete with justice league on the same weekend, even though it is better, it's still a blockbuster superhero movie with, you know, Batman and Superman and wonder woman in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does make me wonder if it just has a lot to compete with. And the second weekend, you know, I, I would say a lot of times it does take two weekends for people to binge watch watch this stuff second weekend comes along oh guess what your family's in town now thanksgiving was a bad time for, <laughs> to watch a show like this yeah you know? and then like you know coco comes out which is another family related thing so yeah maybe the punisher just doesn't have a whole lot of weekends left in the year where you know it's non-family friendly so but, but at the same time since it's not in a theater you know this has legs like you know if someone wants to pick it up in a week or two 
Uh-huh. You know, when it, like, okay, I don't want to go holiday shopping anymore. I'm tired of the happy, jovial Christmas spirit. Those sons of bitches. Let's watch something <laughs> rough and raw. Um, it's there. It's you can just turn on your Netflix and it's there. You know that's the benefit of a show like this. Yeah. Where where so where do you think they're gonna go with season two? You know, it seems like his military past has been pretty wrapped up. You know, I feel I feel like a cheap thing they could do is just to bring up invent new stuff that happened in Kandahar or in the past, and then they maybe they could run on that for season two. But I don't think they would do that because no. it just doesn't feel very sophisticated. So, do you think maybe yeah. they're just gonna invent new? criminals in new york and then the punisher just takes it on himself to clean up the city or what do you think is going to go on there so to me a a big a big thing and i think it was the next to last episode or maybe the no this is the next last episode when frank's lying there on the floor or in his chair about to be you know finished off by the agent orange guy uh, rawlings Uh Uh he had the flashback where he's like i can go be with my family or i can stay here and fight for justice my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's gonna go find justice in New York. Um, I don't. I don't know what's gonna come back to haunt him, or who he's, he might piss off somebody new. But I definitely see him floating around New York, maybe even the country, doing uh, doing Punisher things, taking down the crime lords and fighting for for the little people. Yeah, um, they. They in did men- <laughs> They did mention. I don't remember what episode it was in, or and, and sadly I don't remember the context. But someone did bring up the West Coast at some point in this in the series. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Billy in one of the flashbacks that said, "Oh yeah, we can just you know head to the West Coast into the sunshine or something like that." So I was like, "Oh maybe maybe Punisher will <laughs> try out his luck on the West Coast." I don't know, but yeah, I, I hopefully whatever they can do, they can figure out an organic story to keep Frank fighting and, and make it sense. You know, maybe Micro will return and kind of Micro will bring him kind of his assignments or something like that. I'm not too sure, but I, I definitely hope we are not seeing the last of Frank Castle here, and hopefully this uh, Disney streaming service doesn't affect it. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be watching in season two on that i don't know where that's gonna go but i'm looking forward to that freaking minigun chris <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely i i agree this deserves a second season i hope that nobody none of this you know disney streaming service affects that because like i said this is my favorite one like one of my favorite ones like i could easily watch another season of this i don't want it to be the same thing but i mean this this character and his ensemble cast of people are important to me and i, I want to see where they go so um i don't know what micro will do he, he probably won't go get his job back at the nsa i guess <laughs> but um yeah i could totally see him being a part of it or you know um you know picking up some more uh frank stuff but with jigsaw still out there who knows how that, what that's going to look like yeah so. But uh, it's it's a great series, and uh, I, I love hearing uh, um, John Berthal grunt like his roar. Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's like a roar or what it is, but it's like it's deep. It comes from a it comes from a very deep place in his gut, and it's very uh, visceral. It, it made me want to see a hulked out version of the Punisher. Could you imagine oh my God. the that Punisher with like Hulk powers? 
And could you, like, I, I know it's a beyond fantasy, but I was imagining, like, oh, what if somehow Frank Castle had to kill Spider-Man or something like that? That there, would be amazing. There are comic covers where he's sniper, he goes sniper rifle pointed at Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. So it's like, I don't know if these Netflix shows are ever going to transition over to the big screen at, at all, but oh, that would be an amazing combo. But, yeah, John Bernthal, he's a, he's a high-caliber actor. He's been on the big screen in Baby Driver. He's been on very successful shows like um, – like the walking dead when they were still really good. So yeah, man. All right. More Punisher. And we loved it. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 I definitely recommend this. Like you said to anyone who wants, who wants to know, watch it. So there you go. Uh, if people want to know what else you recommend, Mike, and maybe if you're getting into that holiday spirit, wink, wink, where can they find you at? <laughs> well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to know what you're up to. You're telling me you were burning some CDs, you know, burning it up like it's 2002. People want to keep up with you. Where can they follow you? Yeah, if you want to get my, my hot mixtapes while I'm over because <laughs> they're burnt. They are so burnt. Overdone. You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can head over to Comic UI. You can listen to my other show, Filmside Chats, or go to YouTube and search DNN and find all the stuff I do for the Destination Nation Network. Uh, people want to know we do a new show. This is just a review episode. I forgot we were on a review episode for a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> people want to hear our other weekly superhero news show, Mike. Where can people find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and to get our awesome show notes. So when you're listening to a news episode and we're talking about a cool trailer or something like that, we always put that stuff in the show notes. So you can find that there. And you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week. And you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to pick up some merch, I don't know if people were shopping out there for Black Friday, but you can get Superhero Slate merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store and you can get our awesome logo on a t-shirt and i think we're going to be dropping a new design here for uh for the store here soon so keep your eyes peeled for that and uh if you if you're a fan of the show please consider leaving us a review that's really helpful we really love that when people reach out let us know what they think and uh drop us a rating that's super awesome wherever you want to do that and if you're a super fan of the show if you want to be a super fan all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week sometimes twice like this week talking to the punisher and the news and uh i believe our next uh review is is the big one chris um uh geostorm <laughs> no man it's star wars star wars oh my god we are like two weeks away from star wars aren't we like yeah two and a half i guess more closer to three but oh man i'm excited mike but <laughs> it was good talking about the punisher and i guess we'll see you guys next time all right goodbye everybody thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe uh he said one batch two batch one time.